Hi, I'm Nancy, and this is Nancy Knows Nothing. Happy 2021, everyone. I'm back. New year, new me. I'm really excited. And I have decided that I'm going to try, emphasis on try, to do new episodes weekly, even if some of them are just solo episodes, just me talking, just to try to be a little bit more consistent. So starting with this week, I'm hoping to deliver. I'm not saying I will, but that is my goal. I hope everyone had a good holiday season. They're back ready. You know, I am like, I didn't set like crazy goals for 20 uh, resolutions. I just like, I'm trying to write more every day, but you know, I got like my habit tracker back out. I had this grateful or this, it's called the six minute diary, I think. And it's like prompts in the morning and at night that you're supposed to do. And I picked that back up, which I started this time last year. And I think I, you know, stopped around mid-March. So maybe I'll try and keep that going more consistently. But I am going to try to be more consistent with the podcast episode. So, and I'm trying to, I also think I might try to pick a topic, even if I have someone on to discuss like a solo topic before. If that would interest anyone, again, I don't really, I I need to maybe figure out how to get some feedback from my delicate heart, some constructive criticism, because I don't really know what people like or they listen to, but I'd be interested to know. But anyway, today's episode I actually recorded a few months ago, and it is with Michaela, who is from Break Your Budget. She is the millennial money expert. I wanted to have her on because I am, I'm just not good with money, and I'm, Definitely think like, oh, I'll figure that out when I get there and something I do want to work on and be more aware of as I get older. So we had a really good talk. She's really good tips. She's really good with her money and has really good advice and has been very successful, but it's also like realistic stuff. It's little things you can do, which I think is important. I hope you enjoy the episode. Let me know what you think and I will be back next week because I'm trying to be a woman of my word. All right, enjoy. So welcome, Michaela from Break Your Budget. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks for being here. You want to, so you're basically the millennial money master, is that correct? Yeah, expert master. Expert master. That's a nice word. Sticking with the M's. If you want to do like an intro, how you got involved in this, like a little background on you. So I have always been like really into finance and numbers. I've always been a math person. Um, I ended up studying finance in college. I graduated about three and a half years ago now. So I've been working in the finance industry for a while, I feel like, um, across a bunch of different areas. So I spent about a year doing like wealth planning and operations, um, working with a financial advisor. I have worked in investment consulting, and now I'm working in a more corporate finance like financial planning analysis budgeting kind of role at like a larger um, corporation. So I've kind of dipped my toes in it all at this point. And I feel like I've grown a really good perspective on what to do with your money from all angles, how to plan it, how to invest it, um, and all of all of the things. I think as a result of that, I've turned into like the go-to person in my circle of people in my life for 
money tips and savings tips and like, what the heck should I do with my money? And I thought about a year ago is when I started Break Your Budget on Instagram. I felt like Mm -hmm. it was a really great place to bring light to a lot of these things because at least our generation, like millennials, and I think ebbing on the side of Gen Z, especially Gen Z, don't know anything about personal finance, but they want to. And it's a very intimidating subject. So I thought, okay, I am a young millennial woman. There aren't a lot of like personal finance experts on Instagram. I feel like like me, it's generally a lot of like older 35-year-old <laughs> guys who don't necessarily have the same thought process, I think, as women in general and like girls coming out of college and stuff. So mm-hmm. I thought it was a good space to bring it. It has been quite the journey, but I'd say more recently, I am a lot more involved in my Instagram. I think COVID has helped that a little bit. I have way mm-hmm. more time. I to say when I picture somebody who helps you with your finances, I picture like an old guy in an office, like sitting down with him and but yeah. you have like a bright, colorful Instagram. And it's like, makes it a little less intimidating. Yeah. It's definitely, I feel like an industry and just finance in general, I feel like is a pretty intimidating if you don't really know how to work your way around the room, I guess. And I'm just trying to make it less intimidating, less scary, because it's not scary at all. If Mm -hmm. you know what you're doing and like what you're working with. So a big reason I wanted to have you on is because I'm not like terrible with finances. I don't have like credit card debt or like big things, but there's definitely a lot of room for improvement. And I think after I graduated college, living in New York on like not a big salary at all, like there was a lot I could have done that I could have done then to save or wish I things I wish I had known. And I remember I like remember, or I think it's still around Mint. It's like an app where you put in And I was like, okay, I'll do this. And I would get the emails and delete them before I could even see. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to (laughs) see. I think a lot of people are very similar to you in the sense of like, they feel okay with their finances, but they feel like they could have done more. They feel like they can Mm -hmm. do more. And it's one of those things that it's like, okay, when I make more money, I'll deal with it. Yes. And also I'm like, well, now I'm 29, but I'm like, some people my age are like buying houses and I'm just like, like, wait, (laughs) how? So I'm like, maybe there could have been some room for improvement. Yes. So I think like when it comes to coming fresh out of college and like not making a lot of money, the big thing is choosing to take the approach early. So I always say we don't always have control over our income. And I think that there's this whole movement now for online business and building your own business, being an entrepreneur and not having a salary cap. And that's all fine and great. But I think most people aren't doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people are working a corporate job. Most people want to be working a corporate job or don't see themselves being an entrepreneur. And as a result, your, your salary, it's not capped, but you know, you know what you're getting. So I think that the best thing to do if you are fresh out of school and you kind of have this like clean slate almost, even Mm -hmm. if you have loans or whatever that you need to pay off, you have full control from the beginning over the approach that you take. So Mm -hmm. that includes like learning basic fundamentals about personal finance. So you can make those decisions, but also making the decision to save money where you can, to start tracking your expenses, to actually have a budget and follow a budget, even if you're not super excited about the numbers that you're seeing because personal finance, it's not always going to be exciting and it's not going to feel 
really awesome and great because that's just not the reality of it. It's not sexy, but taking control and approaching it with, I always try to say like make personal finance pleasant. Um, I think if you make it a pleasant experience, you'll get a lot more out of it. Ultimately, I, something I was like not good at was like budgeting. Like this is my rent. This is how much I'm spending on food. You know, it was just like, Oh, where are we at the end of the month? Can I go out or not? So do you think be tracking all of those things or how do you think the best way to do that is? So there's a lot of different ways. And then I, I struggle always because I get this question all the time, like what's the best way to budget? And there's no best way because what works for you is not going to be the same thing that works for me. Like it's so personal. Um, but there are so many different ways to approach it. I think from a baseline, the first thing you need to know are your necessary expenses. Like what are those things that every single month you're going to be paying no matter what and know that number. Mm-hmm. And then know the number that you want to save. So instead of looking or taking the approach of like, what do I have left over to throw into my savings account this month? If anything, it needs to be, okay, this month I want to save $200. So I'm going to put that $200 into my savings account now. And what's mm-hmm. left over is what I have to spend on all the other stuff and going out and whatever. I think when you take that approach of like, I'm going to save first, I'm going to spend second, you really can't be unsuccessful because mm-hmm. you're moving that money right away into a place where you're not touching it. Um, and even if it's a small amount, like I think a lot of people get discouraged if they're not saving $500, $1,000 a month. Like I don't care what you're saving as long right. as you're saving it. Right. Um, because if you're not saving, all you're doing is throwing your money away in, in a way, not necessarily, but like how can you go month after month without making any progress if you are tracking your money? If you're tracking right. your money, building a budget, thinking about it, you will make progress because it will influence the decisions that you make. Right, right. How about like thinking long-term? Yeah. I feel like, <laughs> like yeah, I, I definitely like don't do that a lot. Like I'm like, well, like, you know what, I'll figure it out. Or like, yeah. Well, yeah. So thinking long-term is hard. I think that it's really difficult to think beyond like the next year or two. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would challenge you to almost not in a way because it can be overwhelming and push you into that headspace of like, this is too much. I'm just going to not think about it. Right. Um, I always try and think as best I can a year or two in advance. So like right now I'm focused on 2021 like what do I want to do next year from mm-hmm. a life perspective and then how do my finances kind of tie into that so mm-hmm. when you think a year in advance a year you can see a year almost like what I do I guess from a planning perspective is I think about okay this is what my expenses look like right now and they're subject to change over the next year obviously but If I spend my money in this way, based on what I'm making, this is how much I have left over times that by 12. This is how much I could save if I take this approach. Mm -hmm. Now let me build in the things I want to do, set money aside to go on vacation, blah, blah, blah. Now this is what I'm looking at to save. Is that aligned with the goals that I've set out for myself? And that's another piece that goes into like long-term thinking long-term. Mm-hmm. Everything that we want to do in our life involves money. So we need to set some type of goal to benchmark progress. So 
one thing that I'm dealing with now, maybe you can relate to this is my friends are starting to get married mm-hmm. and my sister is going to get married and it costs a lot of money ridiculous. to show up. Like, right. like it's just, it's, it's expensive just to go, let alone be in the wedding. Right. And so I'm trying to think, okay, how do my friend's weddings factor into my financial plan? Because there are things that I, I need to go to. I want to go to, I want to participate and be there for my friends and my family. And I know it's going to cost me X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. So those are like all things that I'm thinking about coming up and I make decisions in my days now and in my months now, well, I'm not doing those things so that when they do come up, I have the money set aside and I don't have to think about, okay, can I afford to take a flight to my friend's wedding or right. is it going to put me in the hole if I spend $400 on a flight right now? Right. I never want to feel that way. And I think that is the biggest factor or motivation to thinking long-term is how do you want to feel when you make a decision that you really have to make, you know, right. Right. go to your friend's wedding or not. It's not really a decision. You know? Right. Exactly. It's like, yeah, you don't really have a choice with that. And then what about like from a habits thing, like what are like small habits that people can do yeah. That doesn't seem like super overwhelming just to like get on track. Yeah. So I'm a huge habits person. I've definitely, I think over the course of COVID and like being in quarantine or whatever, I've definitely learned that I am such a creature of habit and how mm-hmm. much of a difference that regular habits make. So from a financial perspective, the first thing is tracking your expenses and tracking everything mm-hmm. because <laughs> not deleting the emails yeah. when you get them. Yeah. Well, I do that too. I don't think, I don't think in my own personal opinion, like budgeting apps are all that great because they almost have like a shameful kind mm-hmm. of tone to them. Um, they make you set these categories and they're based on the categories you set. So say like, I don't know, there were months where I would, I would book a flight or something and it would be like, you overspent on your travel category this month. Like why in an email? And it's just like, I don't want to answer to this life. That's why. So I don't love apps for tracking expenses. I'm a big spreadsheet person. It could be just like, because I'm a finance person, I love spreadsheets, but um, even just tracking it in your phone, like the whole tracking piece is a habit in itself. It's Mm -hmm. bringing awareness to the money that you spend. That's the first thing is getting in the habit of tracking your expenses as they happen, because one, you know where your money's going to go. But two, if you buy something and then you write it down, you're almost going to be like, hmm, did I really need that? And that's how we change behavior over time. The second thing, and this is something I do daily, is reading about personal finance. So Mm -hmm. I think that building in like 10 to 15 minutes in the morning or even at night, whenever, if it's into your day, to just like read a blog post or listen to a podcast or mm-hmm. read a couple Instagram posts of somebody you follow, consume some type of personal finance content because we all take a different approach to personal finance, I think. And the biggest piece is finding what works for you. And you can do that if you hear other perspectives from people or I really love there's this website it's called medium.com it costs five dollars a month but like I think it's worth it and it's basically like an op-ed article website where different contributors anybody can contribute will go on and like write an article about their experience and post it 
question. It's all opinion, like it's not breaking news or anything, but the personal finance section is incredible because mm-hmm. it's so, there are so many people that post about like, I followed this method for two years and this is what worked for me. Or like, if you follow these three steps, like you'll save more money or you, have you reached this milestone by this certain age? Like it just gives you perspective of what other people are doing mm-hmm. in almost an anonymous way, because I feel like too, money is not something people talk about. So it's hard to tell if you're doing it right or if right. You're it's like a tab ask exactly. about anything. Which I personally hate because we all need money. Like everybody's trying to make money. Everybody wants to save money. So why is it something we can't talk about? Mm -hmm. But I think that that reading about it will help you learn about it for one, but also in a way benchmark yourself to what other people have going on, hopefully influence some decisions you make or realize if a decision you have made or are in the process of making is not in your best interest or maybe not the smartest decision. How can you know if you have no idea what what anybody else is doing either? Reading is super, super, super critical. I read like, I'd say probably 15 minutes every morning when I'm just like checking my email and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't even think about it anymore. What, like, I feel like millennials get a really bad rap and a lot of it's probably rightfully so. What do you think is like the biggest mistake that they make? Make with finances I would say ignoring or avoiding their money altogether like um, yeah I know that we like touched on oh making more money like when I make more money I will take care of my finances I think that that is the biggest mistake that millennials make I don't think it's a YOLO thing or like like avocado toast yeah I like really don't think that that's the problem I think mm-hmm. the problem is overall avoidance thinking that they'll deal with it when they're making six figures and mm-hmm. I think that if that's the perspective and the approach that you're taking to your money you will never be successful because you can't manage the money you have today you won't be able to manage the money that you have later it's so common to see people who you know get a raise and as a result they spend more money I think When you get a raise, it's very natural to spend more money. I think it's almost too natural to be like, okay, well, I'm I'm making an extra 500 bucks a month, so I can Mm -hmm. afford this. And I think that that relationship and approach to finances is what kills people because you make more money, you spend more money on things you don't need to like do what? Impress people you don't care about. Right. And ultimately the only person who ends up suffering is you. Right. I remember like when I was working in New York, I was like, I mean, it was like an entry level job. I was like barely just getting by. And then, um, actually it's kind of funny. So then I remember I got like promoted and they were like, we're going to sit down and talk about like the salary. And so I'm just like, not good at talking about money. And I think it's because there's this whole like state. It's like, I feel awkward that you're not supposed to talk about it. So my dad was like, the one thing I'm going to ask you is just in the meeting, just say like, let me think about it. Don't accept the offer because everything's negotiable. I was like, okay. He's like, you don't have to say like, I want this. Just say like, can I think about it? And they offered it. And I was like, that sounds good. (laughs) I was like, yep, that's fine. But yeah. And then, and then it was like, okay, well now I'm not like super comfortable, but I'm not like, instead of thinking like, well, now I can save this more. I was just like, oh, well now I can, that mindset, I feel like you get used to living like oh it's tight that then you get more and you're just like spending more as opposed to like well now more comfortable I can save I think too like a big 
I don't want to say issue, but like the, what I see very frequently is that people look at money or they take the approach to personal finance of like, I'm always, I'm going to take a budgeting approach. I'm going to cut expenses. I'm going to learn how to cook foods for $25 a week. Mm -hmm. And then I have all this money to do other stuff. And I think that that is like the worst approach to take a, because it teaches you to be super restrictive with your, with your money, which can have I think longer term effects when you want to do things and your mindset is, well, I don't want to spend that money. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's an issue because you make money to live. Right. But I think the other issue is it takes your energy away from focusing on the things that are actually important. So like mm-hmm. from the perspective of, or if you think about anybody who's actually like well off or doing well for themselves, um, they're not focused on cutting costs. Most mm-hmm. of the time they're focused on building and maintaining the wealth that they have um, from a, a variety of approaches, whether that be like investing in the stock market or finding a new stream of income, whatever it may be. They're not worried if they spend 150 on a jar of pasta sauce versus 350, you know, right. like silly. Right. And I think that a lot of people focus on those things. Like the extreme than, couponers of the world. <laughs> exactly. But rather than focusing on the overarching strategy of like, okay, well, this is what it costs me to live. Like if there are areas where I can cut back, they're awesome. But sometimes there just isn't. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But you take that money aside and then you look at, okay, well, in the areas that I am spending my money, and this is money that I'm not saving, are those the things that make me happy? Like, am I spending money on things that are aligned with my values or bringing me closer to my goals? That's conscious spending. That's a really important thing to be doing. And if the answer to those questions is no, then that is a that is an indicator that it's time to take a step back and reevaluate, okay, am I using my money as a tool or am I using my money just to like do things because this is what I'm supposed to do when I'm right. Money, you know? Right. So, so would you say for people who like really like to travel, it's okay to spend more yeah. of your money on that. If that's like what makes you happy or some people like yeah. really want a nicer apartment, but make sacrifices in other aspects of their life. Yeah. I always say, so my favorite quote is like, live less in the areas that aren't important to you so you can live more in the areas that are. So mm-hmm. an example of that for me, um, I was living in Boston up until COVID happened and I didn't really care so much about like my living situation. I had four roommates and I was paying $860 a month to live in Boston, which is like unheard of at this right. point in this day and age. Um, because that wasn't important to me. I wasn't spending a lot of time in my apartment and I had my own room. So that wasn't a big deal. Like nobody was in my space, but I wasn't where, for where I was in my life, a comfortable place to live. Like it was important, but it wasn't the most important thing. Like I was more focused on making sure that I could save money a, but also making sure that I could travel when I wanted to. And I could say yes to everything because mm-hmm. it's, it, it's a time of my life where I want to be out there making friends, like enjoying living in the city as a young person, a young professional. And I didn't want to have to worry about doing that and also not being able to save, if that makes sense. Because I knew from my background that I needed to be saving money if I wanted to live my life 
later. I think that it's really important to find the things that are important to you. It's so important, I think, to change your approach and make sure that you take a good, pleasant approach to money right off the bat. Because if you mm-hmm. start early, it's not hard. It becomes habitual. And then you right. don't even have to think about it. Like I'm in a place where I don't really think about, is this something, should I spend money on this? Does it fit into my plan like or my budget? Because I already know that it does if I'm buying it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in your, I saw in your instant said a hundred thousand by twenty five. Yes, that you save, yes. like that's unreal. Yeah, so that's across like my savings and my investments and like my yeah and stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely a big goal. I wasn't before COVID, it would not have happened. I think because of COVID and not going out, I'm lived. I live at home now, so I'm not paying rent. Definitely accelerated, but even. I did the math. Even without COVID, I would have hit that milestone in 2020. I just hit it a little bit earlier than anticipated, which was always nice. But I'm not special. I love to say that to people. Like I don't do anything. I don't I don't make a ton of money at my job. Like I've lived in the city for three years. I pay rent, you know, like right. I I do I do things that normal 20-year-old people do. Right. But I just make saving a priority and it's paid dividends literally and figuratively over the course of the last few years. And now I'm in a position post-COVID where I have freedom to do what I want and make decisions without really needing to think about the financial impact, I guess. And I just feel like the amount of stress people would like, it takes out of your life when you're managing your finances and not, you know, and like being able to think long-term and. One thing on that though, is I thought like, oh, when I have money in the bank, I'll feel better. Mm -hmm. It's not true. Like a number, (laughs) a number in your bank account doesn't change anything. Yeah. Um, because I, now I'm always thinking to the next thing. So mm-hmm. goals, you're like moving the goalpost. Yeah. One of my goals for next year is to buy, I want to buy a condo in the city. When I move, I want to move into something that I own. Mm-hmm. Boston's very expensive. Very right. expensive. If I lived anywhere else, I could probably do it. But knowing my situation makes that decision easy. Like I know what I'm getting into. I'm able to do it the right way. Put 20% down in like, make it an investment rather than stretch my finances to a point where it almost isn't worth it, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So I don't know. I think a big thing is just when you know your numbers and you are taking the steps on a regular basis to keep up to date with your finances and be aware of where you are. Again, whether you're happy with it or not is one thing, but if you know, you are in control. And if you don't know, then it becomes something that will ultimately control you and be a stress that you have forever, which is sucks. Right. Your top tip for people who are maybe in the past not been great with finances, would it just be having an awareness or just start tracking? My, my top tactical tip would be to start tracking your expenses. Mm-hmm. Because again, when you know where your money is going, you can make decisions that you didn't realize you could make. Okay. But I'd say from just like an overall approach, I think that it's really important to focus on three buckets. So like the bucket one would be all of your necessary expenses. The bucket two would be your savings. So what do you want to save every month? What's feasible for you to save every month? And then the third bucket is your fun bucket. If you 
pay your bills and you set aside your savings, it doesn't matter what you spend the rest of your money on. You don't have to think about it because you know you've taken care of the important stuff first. Mm -hmm. I think if you look at it from that perspective of like, I've taken care of what I need to take care of. So now I'm kind of on free range almost. You'll be a less likely to spend your money on random stuff because Mm -hmm. you've been responsible and you want to keep that up. But you also won't be stressed about like, can I afford to do this? Is this a good idea? Because you've already taken care of the housekeeping. People can follow you. It's break your budget is your handle, right? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at break your budget. Um, I'm posting a lot of reels now. So if you like videos, that is what, what you're getting. Um, but you can also follow me on my blog. My website's just breakyourbudget.com. Um, and then stay tuned for my podcast. It's coming out yes. soon. Like personal finance podcast. Um, maybe I'll have you come on mine in a couple of <laughs> I don't know what I, I'll just be like, a, maybe I'll be reformed oh, by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. No problem. This was fun. All right. Bye.